previously on Tales of Asmaran. If we have left Tuberry, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> a breeze comes in off the lake and you can hear the, the leaves again rustling in the trees. And you think you hear a voice. Not sure where it comes from or how, but it's just a faint whisper in the like right behind your ear. As you're walking through the wood. Did you say something? Who's a WhatsApp? Hey everyone, and welcome back to Tales of Esperon. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down in our desks, pretend to be someone we're not, and then record it all to share with you. Then we put out an episode every other Friday. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy second by second, line by line. And the best part of it all is that we have absolutely no idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with, Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. This just means that sometimes we roll dice to figure out what happens next in the story. Roll high? Great, your choice goes into your favor and you definitely knock out that thug who was trying to rob you. Roll low? Maybe you overlook something spying on you in the shadows. Or you don't notice a patron in the tavern with some fingers that are a little bit too sticky. I wonder what will happen this week. Let's roll the dice and find out. Together. Copper Kettle has always been known for its rowdy patrons and its jovial atmosphere. Townsfolk and hunters alike often spend the nights here to gamble, socialize, and even catch up on a rumor or two. On this fine evening, the bar is packed with patrons. Close to the door, the local blacksmith, Ivana, is seated around a smoke-filled table with her group of friends. The sound of their dice rolling on the table is quickly drowned out as a chorus of cheers erupt from across the tavern. Patrons cheer and take bets as two hunters of Amarth quickly break into a fistfight. The bouncer, Timothy, quickly brushes through the crowd to break things up, passing by an individual seated right against the wall. Removed from the crowd, this individual sits with their back against the dark wood walls of the copper kettle, the brim of their black hat draping their face in shadow. On this plane, the individual is beneath the notice of normal people. Someone you might look over without even thinking as your eyes swept through the crowd. Some would call them a sheep, hiding among the safety of greater predators, unaware of the monster hiding right beneath their noses. Those with an eye for the outer plains would see this person for the monster they truly are. Behind their back, on the plane of dreams, a large shadow looms against the walls and floors of this tavern. From within their shadowed face, a smile glows with a sickening light. On the plane of dreams, the room radiates with whispers of madness and fear, tugging at the subconscious of its brand new prey. The young new hunters who dare ally themselves with Rose Liebling. All right, so to recap, um, last episode, or last session, the four of you traveled with Rose Lieblin from the, the clearing in the White Leaf Wood all the way to uh, with the town of Whispering Lake. She opened up a portal inside of a tree, which all of you stepped through after some brief convincing and negotiating about, you know, bounty prices. She led you towards this town, and on the way, some of you had a strange encounter with some spirits and maybe some weird whispers you heard echoing through the woods. And then, after a little bit more travel, you guys made your way to the sprawling town of Whispering Lake. Dotted along the landscape of this lake, sitting on like a cove, we see a bunch of one to three story buildings. The town itself seems 
pretty squat but sprawling. Surrounding it is the white leaf wood, all of these white leafed kind of birch trees and oak trees and things like that. It's very strange to see um, because the town itself, almost all of the buildings are painted like a stark black so that this whole town kind of stands in defiance of the strangeness of this wood. Like it just stands out like a rock that shouldn't be there. And you guys made your way in with Tedward unconscious on the back of Rose's giant armadillo. You were led into town and Rose went off to settle the bounty and left the four of you to your own devices. After immediately disregarding her warning about the mayor's mansion, you guys decided to go there and got a little sidetracked along the way. You made your way into a bookshop, reorganized a single man's life's work in uh, about 10 minutes, bought some books, and then made your way to the mayor's manor and turned in Ian and Thistledown and got a pretty hefty 2,500 gold piece reward for bringing him in alive. And then you went to meet Rose at the Copper Kettle Tavern. After some brief travel there along the way, you met Rose in this bustling, rowdy tavern. And she gave you guys your portion of the the cut, but she offered you all a job. Cool. If you guys like, we could fast forward to the inn or we could settle... Um, what do you guys want to do right now? I think that's a better question. Probably wake up from being unconscious. <laughs> True. You've been out for six or seven hours. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, hefty, long rest. Um, Not even close to my record. You know what? I think it's funnier if... So Rose leaves and you guys find some quick lodging in town. And with the armadillo, Tedward and Toe, you take him into this inn and find some modest place to, to stay. Um, at this point, you kind of plop Tedward down onto the bed, and he's still unconscious. And you see his book sitting next to him, scribbling on the bed, continuously scribbling. It's gotten through a bunch of pages pretty quickly over this time period. What do you guys do? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess the, where should we keep all of the gold that we got? You guys do have a considerable sack of gold. Mm-hmm. Where do heroes keep their gold? Do you have a bag of holding? Uh, I don't. I do not. Shopping day! <laughs> Treat yourself. Too much gold to carry? Spend it all. At this point, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be burying it, burying it in my dirt pockets. So like, if y'all want a different alternative. I have a bag, but I do not believe I should be trusted if this is a large amount. Should we split it up? All right. Yes, and should we leave like a large amount of it here in the hotel room with someone so that uh, we can just go out and buy something to carry it all in and then come back? Oh yeah, we can do that too. I'm okay with staying and watching over the uh, unconscious man for a little while. All right. Then um, Alea's standing up and marching out. I don't know who's coming with, but you're more than welcome. Guess it's me. Let's go. We're off to see the wizard. The two of you wander out um, and make your way off into town. Um, it's early evening, um, and I think this is a good spot to settle into Tedward waking up. Um, Tedward, you yeah. start to rouse in consciousness. You feel like you're in a comfortable bed, and the air around you is warm. It's not wet. It's not raining anymore, but your clothes are still soaked. And you... Awaken to find yourself in an inn, in a small room, and standing across from you is Thurbash. Good morning, or hello. It's me, but it's not the same me you knew. Something has changed on the inside. Uh, It's a psychological complex I call the it's quiet ellipsis, too quiet psychosis. I leap immediately out of bed and I grab him by the neck. (laughs) Who the hell are you? I am... <coughs> I, I, I could talk better if you let go of my neck. <laughs> no! Please! Make me... Uh, okay, I'm gonna punch him in the face. Oh, okay. Roll me an attack roll. 
does a 19 plus uh, two, so 21 yeah. hit. Yeah. So I'll just do a d4. Okay, roll, kind me, of... roll me some damage. Uh, that's four plus two, so six damage. You just bop him in the nose. Okay. Um, this little fellow whops you real hard in the nose, and you feel a trickle of blood coming down. What do you do? Hmm. I drop him. Yeah, that's that's about how weak I remember you. Shapeshifter would have been way stronger. I'm glad to see you're awake. I'm sorry I had to punch you in the nose. Yeah. Do you feel okay? Oh yeah. Red as rain. Would you like uh, a rag for your nose? No. And I sniff real a uh, wet, gross sniff. And I just get all that blood back in there where it's supposed to be. Oh, gross. You were out for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, what? Like, uh, like longer than a regular nap? Yes. Uh, I wasn't keeping exact track, but more than 12 hours, I believe. Oh. The you others... killed that dragon, right? That, that happened? Uh, yes. The, the dragon is dead. Oh, okay, uh, fine. We also talked to the, um, oh, well, you, you haven't met her, uh, the Bounty Huntress. You talked to a Bounty Huntress? Yes. Uh, okay. She was able to give us some gold, and that is why the other members have left. They went uh, shopping. And we are where? A town. Um, I believe the City of Mists. Hmm. Is there a window nearby? Dude, this is Mike chiming in. That is very incorrect. <laughs> well, I don't know that. I just want yeah, to put so it over. But Thormash is naive. He, he might not know it either. <laughs> All right. So my, my window query, hmm? what's the status on that? Yeah, there's a window. All right. I'm going to stick my head out the window to have a look around. And as soon as that crisp morning air hits me, I just vomit right out the window. All right. It's still nighttime, so there's not going to be any morning air. Um, Tedward but... doesn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm conscious for seven hours. Yeah. You, you open up the door to see a clear sky night um, on this town speckled with large black painted buildings um, like set on a canvas of um, white leaf trees all in the distance, the white leaf wood where you guys were. And looking through this sprawling town, you can see lights kind of shimmering from street to street. And in the distance, you can see a large black keep with white flags um, drifting lazily in the wind. Fairly large. I'd say probably it would take up like a whole city block for the size of it, at least in oh, this wow. town. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stumble out the door and go on outside. Okay. Um, I, I will wait here, I guess. And then, wait, hold on. On my way out, I'm going to stop and I'm going to about face in that. Where's Potato Mouth? We already, um, we gave him to the to the mayor. Uh, he's, he's done. Uh, our job is complete. Okay. This is, then gonna... this is DM no. Pigeon Mike chiming in again. You did not give Silas to the mayor? <laughs> oh, yeah. Silas was on the armadillo. Nope. Nope. Was it... No, he was on the armadillo with... with nope. We gave him to Rose. And you... Rose put Rose... a spell on him, Rose... which made him walk away. Rose threatened him. And oh, yeah, he... yeah, yeah, yeah. He fled back to um, Homestead. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, all right, I didn't witness that. So, as far as I know, we gave him to the mayor. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good enough for me. Yep, yep. Good enough for me. I need I need to find something to eat. So, are we in an inn? Yeah. Do I have money? Is that a thing I have? We have a bunch of money in the room. No, hold on. That was a, that was not an outside voice question. Oh. Check my inventory. <laughs> yeah, look it over. Um, I mean, you probably have some coins on you. Enough to get I've like, got like, some food. I've got like three gold. That's enough for some food. Oh, absolutely. Or like a modest inn, that's enough for a really good meal. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll get a and really good meal. Nice alcohol. Yeah. I'm going to check my back pocket to make sure there's not like a sad blue stain where a certain supporting <laughs> character may no! You reach into your pocket um, and you find the familiar round shape of Tuberry. But he's not squished. Or it's not squished. Ah, uh, good. All right, good. Does this thing eat? I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're going to find out. I hope this thing's not carnivorous. Come back and there's a bit of your finger just missing. 
right, well, I'm going downstairs. Okay. Um, you make your way out into the hall and straight ahead, you can see a staircase that kind of curves down um, and following suit. It takes you into the open room of this, of this fairly small inn. Um, you make your way down into the open room of this inn and you see the inn owner is sitting at the table off to the side with a bunch of paperwork and just filling things out. The whole the room is empty aside from the innkeeper. Um, the innkeeper is a small, like portly dwarven fellow, big, big, mm-hmm. large red beard, and um, is wearing like a like a comfy nightcap. Like maybe he's settling in for the night. Telling you it's probably pretty late. Mm. Tedward is perplexed by this. His Holmesy farmhand manners are clashing with his recently rewritten personality. He's frozen perfectly between demanding food and just leaving. What on earth shall he do? Okay, so to inform the audience, what does Tedward believe happened with that dragon? Oh, Tedward thinks he, like, fought the dragon solo and literally pulled the tabaxi out of the dragon's stomach after it ate him. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? (laughs) And Tedward also thinks it was a lot bigger. Tedward thinks it was... It was like basically twice the size it should have been by by natural law. So like big enough to scorch a town. Yeah, like like a legit worm. Oh my god! So the the book has kind of rewritten this new narrative into your head. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to divulge a little bit of what his, you said his personality was changed a bit? Do you want to divulge a bit of that, or you want to just kind of explore yeah. it as we go? I'm slowly turning into Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> okay. Oh man, this is gonna get messy. Um, yeah, so this dwarven fellow is sitting here. Um, and while you're standing there perplexed, um, I'd like to cut to Alea and Haley. The two of you have made it out of this, you know, this inn, um, and you step out onto the street. Um, where what would you like to do? Where would you like to go? It's fairly late, the the sky is clear and the ring the the celestial rings around the planet have provided more than enough light for you to see just fine. Um, I guess the, the plan was to go find a shop that probably will be closed, but it's okay. <laughs> it's pretty late. You might get lucky. Do we see any obvious signs of a shop being open? This late at night? Just roll me a very quick perception check. Or investigation, if you want to. Either or. Which one better? Perception it is. Uh, 13. Can I help with that? Yeah. You can roll with advantage or... Alea can roll as well. Uh, you can roll with advantage. Yeah, go for right. it. 15 and a... Yeah, let's go with 15. 15, okay. <laughs> oh, no. um, with a quick walkabout, um, for the most part, the places you find open are just two or three more small taverns. You kind of you kind of just wander around through like three or four like parallel side streets. And at this late at night, mostly taverns and inns. Even the inns are starting to lock up for, uh, lock up for the night. Have we seen any uh, businesses that might have it that are closed already? What kind of shops are you looking for? I think is a uh, good question. One that could Shannon. possibly sell a bag of holding. General oh, shops? okay, like a magic shop. Um, magic shop. With with some investigation, you don't come across any place immediately. Um, this town seems it's fairly large, but it also seems not being. You not being from like a, a city kind of place like this, you would assume that, hey, I can just get magic, you know, anywhere. But um, a smaller town like this likely wouldn't have those kinds of resources. Well, okay, then. Um, should, is there anything interesting? Oh, yeah, we could ask people. Yeah, um, there are a handful of people um, making their way around. You see a, um, a pair of drunks like stumble out of an alley. Um, looks like they might be trying to make their way home. And you pass by the occasional um, patrolling guard of the Whispering Lake. They're wearing, like, white and black painted leather armors. Oh, probably stop the guard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the guard. Okay. They're maybe about 30 feet away walking in your direction down the street. Um, how do you do it? I guess uh, walk, just walk up and be like, what, hi. Are they walking towards us or away from us? Towards. Well, then you stand in their path and wait for them to come to us. Okay, you stand there as a layer makes her way forward. What do you say to them? Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Um, just a quick question. Is there a place where we can get a thing that holds um, a bag of holding? 
Uh, he stopped just short of saying, a thing that can hold all this money we can't even carry. <laughs> <laughs> like, great way to get robbed. Um, well, well mo- mo- most bags, you know, they hold things. <laughs> have you have you tried the general store? No. Where is that located? Um. Well, the general store, you can buy some bags from them. Um. They might be closed now, but you see them look off to the side. Two blocks down and make a lift. Um, I'm going to turn around and scream. <laughs> Two blocks to the left. All right, um, we'll just start heading that way. Okay. Um, thank you. <laughs> I'm just gonna wander off. Okay, you guys make your way down the side street and around. Um, and after a quick walk, you find a place that looks like it's just called Whispering General. Um, this building is unlike all the other shops of this place. It's not painted white and black. It's just um flat nicely stained wood um and it looks like there's a light on inside i will knock or no first try the door um the door opens a bit a little slowly and a little creaky but it opens um i'm I'm gonna just walk in and it'll be right behind okay um the two of you walk into this general store it's fairly shallow it goes back maybe 25 feet roughly um and there is just a rack of shelves like on each wall and the middle of the room is like open floor um and at the back of the room stepping out of a small door in the back you see um a half elf they're they have brown skin and like long black hair and they're putting a key inside the door and turning the lock and they turn around to see you and go oh um i'm sorry we were we were about to close can i help you um, yes. We are looking for a bag. We, we sell lots of bags. Um, they kind of motion to the shelf, and you can see there are a bunch of plain old bags, like burlap bags, leather bags. A magical bag? You're looking, you're looking for magic items. Yes. Like a magic bag. Like, what? I don't have any magic bags. Um. What kind of magic bags are you looking for? Of holding. Wouldn't it be amazing if there was a bag of withholding? It's actually, it's called a bag of devouring. Everything you put inside, it eats. I was just going to say, no, like, emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) It's just always standoffish. It would just be like, no, it's, you'd ask it anything. It'd be like, I'm fine. It's okay. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, Alea doesn't really know much about Um, magic. Let me are you a magic person? Yeah, but she's bad at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. This this individual um, looks you both up and down and goes, "You you're not from around here, are you?" Nope. And you? She looks looks to you, Haley. I'm no no not at all. All right. Looks to the cat person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do know of a place where you can get such magic items. It is a little secretive. We won't tell anyone. Why is it she said, I say a little too loud. In this um, region, people are a little superstitious, and they kind of frown upon things of that nature. At least in shops and stores and stuff, average people, like a, a town of, you know, Whispering Lake. But it's so helpful. Mm, I agree. If, how about this? I'm locking up my shop tonight. If you stop by in the morning, I can arrange a meeting for you. If okay. You wish. Uh, is there anything else interesting looking in the store? Any plants or something? Plants? Um, a place like this is mostly just going to have um, standard like travel gear, survival gear. Um, what kind of things are you looking for? Just a curious eye. Nothing particular. Any books? And how organized does it look? Okay, roll me a... It's like halfway between... It's It's fine. Not hmm. not Haley level organized, but it's not also like man. All right, it's not a big mess, but it's not also perfect. Okay, looks like it's That's taken fun. care of, but not like meticulously observed. It can stay that way. What did you roll? A six. A six. Um, looking around, you don't necessarily see anything that immediately catches your eye. Um, the light actually from the lantern at the back of the shop reflects off of a, a cool monocle. Do you see hanging among a rack of like little glass lenses and things like that? Oh hell yeah! Um, <laughs> I'll keep an eye on that for tomorrow. Okay. Shall we head back? I guess. 
Mm, sounds good. Might be dinner time. Food! Okay. To speed through this a little bit, the two of you make your way back to the inn with no issue. Um, Tedward, where were you looking to go? Oh, I, I, in the interlude between them doing that, I have definitely bullied the, uh, the innkeeper into just completely putting off going to bed and cooking me a full meal. All right, let's play that out. Um, you see this, this dwarvish fellow sitting there, um, filling out what looks to be, you know, doing the books, taking care of the ledgers. Um, and you walk down and he goes, oh, you're finally awake, big fella. Yeah. <laughs> I put my hand on on top of his head and I crane his angle of view up so that he can look me right in the eyes. That's not very polite. I tighten my grip on his <laughs> tiny scalp. Oi, wait, wait, what the fuck are you doing? I'm gonna need you to cook me some food. Probably an intimidation check, Jesus. Okay. We're gonna get kicked out. Hold <laughs> on, not before he gets thrown out. We're gonna find out just who tosses a dwarf. <laughs> oh, uh, that would be charisma. Hold on. Sorry. I gotta get my die roller just closed. Seventeen. Seventeen. Um, he goes. All right. Look, look. No need to to push me around or anything. I'll do it. You're my guest. That's what I do. Not pushing you around. I just worry. But you're too short to see how serious I am about this. Food. <laughs> 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 and I, I tighten my oh, no. I'm very concerned. Get your fucking hands off me. And he pushes your hand off. Um, yeah, he pushes your hand off real good. I rolled an 18. <laughs> um, and he gets up and walks to the back. You can hear him grumbling. Fucking ingrate. As he, like, walks back. And you hear, um, you hear like, the sound of a metal pan. And you can, you smell, like, a fire being lit. Tedward's and... oblivious to the fact that he's offended this person. He's kind of... His fingers are tingling with a new strength he didn't know he had. He's disturbed by the sudden knowledge that if he had so desired, he could have squished the dwarf's head like a soft microwaved orange. That's so specific. (laughs) Interesting. How does he know what a microwave is? He doesn't. That's for our contemporary viewers. (laughs) Okay. So some time passes, and let's say maybe 10 minutes or so, and he comes out with um like a tray of smoked up meats that he's like reheated for you um and places the plate on the bar and he goes here you go do you want anything to drink with that yes what do you drink what do you have we have ale and uh well let me check ale then i will have ale (laughs) he like you hear the cop he slams it on the table pours you some and then walks back over to his books kind of grumbling you can hear his feet dragging on the floor I divide a small portion of my meal for Tuberry. I watch with with intense curiosity to see if Tuberry will consume flesh. <laughs> Tuberry, you, you, did you just roll to see if Tuberry consume flesh? No, I didn't. <laughs> you you put Tuberry in your hand and he hops down on the table and he looks at the meat. Oh, and looks up to you. Looks back at the meat, and he just sits down. So the more disturbing implication is that Tuberry eats vegetable and fruit matter, which means, from his perspective, he consumes flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just needs some water. You don't know if what he eats. Or you don't soil. know if he eats. I grab him by a little leg and I dip him into the ale like Achilles into the river. As a baby. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you oh, He's dripping. You put him on the table. Oh, he starts stumbling around on the table. His little, his little arms <laughs> are out. Drunk. And he's, oh, no, you, you fermented his ass. <laughs> oh, and he like stumbles over and falls down. Yeah, I remember my first drink. <laughs> and with that statement, the door to the, the inn opens up and um, Alea and Hela, you both walk in to see Tedward up and about. Hey! And you can just you. kind of hear... Me trying of saying, I promise you'll have you'll taste blood before the night is over. <laughs> oh no. Do I see Tuberry? Yep, stumbling around on the table. 
Very okay, dull. Alea is just a little more excited to see Tuberry than she is to see Tedward. No offense, Tedward. Um, Make a man out of you, you little berry. <laughs> Where did you Henry get up? is astonished by this little Tuberry. Only a moment ago. Um, oh, wait, I have gifts for you. Oh, goody. Um, I'm going to take the, the two books that I have out of my pocket and hand them over. Ooh. Would you like I to could... read in the titles? Um, I would if I had them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I wrote them fully. Let me get my book. Let me get my notes. Yeah, I remember you purchased. So, Tedward, the first book she hands you is like an old, like, worn leather tome. And on the front, there's a picture of, um, like, a, a tall, thin, bur- or tall, thin, like, kind of lithe fellow with um, a pirate hat on, a parrot on their shoulder. And they have their foot on the top of a mountain, and it's called Pirate King of the Misty Mountains. Oh. And the other tome is a book with this kind of goofy-looking block text font um, that looks like it was carved out. It has the little strokes coming off the sides, and it says, Are the Adventures of Grand Duke? And then it's period, period, period. Duke. They actually codified their sarcasm in the title. (laughs) In text form. Um, well, there is a third one, but you'll guess you'll have to wait for that surprise. Um, but they, they were highly recommended, kind of. By who? The bookkeeper, shop person. Yeah, you took the advice of someone who stood to gain financially by the transaction. Um, honestly, I feel like he would have just given them away at that point. (laughs) <laughs> oh good <laughs> there could be absolutely no doubt about the quality they're perfectly yeah. terrible like cheap dime novels <laughs> or if he was willing to give them away there's also a strong chance they were cursed but I kind of like that <laughs> I'm flipping through the pages and breathing in that cursed book smell oh it smells <laughs> phenomenal like evil vanilla <laughs> <laughs> Vanilla. Do you mean caramel? <laughs> what? No, that's just vanilla that's thick with two C's. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to the Minroll. So, Tedward's finally back, and with a vengeance, it seems. We're really happy to have him back into the action. I'm very excited to talk this week about how much traction our show has been getting. In only six months, we've amassed almost 675 downloads with only 12 episodes. And there are listeners in eight countries. I just wanted to take this moment to let the cast and the fans know how much I absolutely love and appreciate their support for the show. It's amazing, and we couldn't do any of this without you. If you would like to learn more about the show, check out our website at www.toapodcast.com. There you can find out more about the world we're running this game in, our blog, and where else you can listen to the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Tales of Asperon. That's Tales of A-S-P-E-R-R-A-N. Or you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit counts. Finally, for thanks and shoutouts. Again, we're always leveraging the ambient sounds of Sword Coast Soundscapes and the fantastic compositions of Kevin McLeod. You'll find them both on Bandcamp, as well as a link in the episode description. As for us... We release episodes every other Friday, so I'll be seeing you again on September 20th. All right, let's get back to the show. Thick. <laughs> Thick okay, um, while this is happening, we're going to cut to Thurbash, who's sitting upstairs. What do you What do you do while this time is passing? For the first couple of minutes, Thurbash is just going to kind of like touch his neck and like <laughs> take, a, take a couple of deep breaths. Because he thought that his life was going to be threatened for a second. Um, oh, it then, was. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna sit down, and he's gonna realize that he hasn't really um, prayed in a long time, or what feels like a long time. So, both due to the circumstances and because he's still in a strange neighborhood, he's gonna pull off his pack, grab his incense, light the incense, and go through a bit of a procedure to kind of like cleanse the area to begin. You know the prayer and all that stuff. So basically, to sum it all real short, as they're all doing their thing, he's been, you know, deep in prayer and religious practice. Okay. Um, 
Can you describe kind of what this looks like? Sure. So, um, you know, first he takes this, these incense, which are like really roughly made incense because they're made from his hometown. They're not anything nice and fancy. They're basically just dry grass um, that has been like bound together, kind of like sage. Um, and he like will wave it around to clear the area, which ultimately makes the room really smoky. Um, but to him that and like the religious practice, it, it clears it out. Then he'll take uh, two small candles, again, very homemade, and light them um, in front of him, one on his right, one on his left. Then he'll pull out his prayer book, and he'll pull out um, a couple bits of, uh, like, strung together bark, and that acts as, like, a, like a very small, like, semicircle that, like, denotes the area. Um, and he's going to sit, like, right in the center of the room. He's not going to sit in any chairs or anything like that. He's sitting on the floor. Um, and then as he opens the prayer book to like the prayer that he wants to do, it's a lot of it is like very low murmuring and very like just kind of like absent minded, you know, like moving of hands and low murmuring. Um, none of it is very directed towards anything in particular. Uh, but if you were a part of the religion, you could pick out certain bits. To someone else, it might kind of feel like it sounds like it might feel like a rhythmic kind of performance or something yes. like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, I really like it. Um, do you want to roll me a, let's call this a wisdom check. Okay. That's an 18. Going through maybe these familiar like rituals, um, they seem to calm you a bit. Because um, I know before when you were out in the town by yourself, you were kind of starting to panic and feel like boxed in um, mm -hmm. with all the hustle and bustle and all these people, more people than you've probably ever been around in your life. And it was starting to get to you and while you're sitting here again with the window of this room open, um, you feel a breeze just kind of waft through the room um, and you watch the incense get kind of pulled out the window. And in the distance, you can hear like the rustling and the waving of leaves in the wind. And you can hear a little bit of the lake lapping up against the shore, which again, is odd because the lake is kind of far from where you're at. Mm -hmm. um, definitely not within hearing distance, but even in this pretty densely populated place nature still reaches you just gonna continue the the murmurs it's a long form this is why prayer like for their religion takes a long time because it's a, about two hours on like a short session oh wow holy crap yeah he's not really doing much besides just kind of sitting there listening and like taking in and like doing all the whole ritual okay so while this is going on, um, maybe occasionally you can hear conversation from downstairs kind of echoing up through these kind of thin, creaky floors. Um, mm -hmm. And you kind of realize your companions are downstairs. Um, and we're going to cut back down to them. What are you all doing down here? Or is there anything you would like to do? Haley is, is studying this animate fairy thing. Oh, you haven't met Tuberry, have you? No. <laughs> Just fascinating. Because Haley was a guy. I vouch for him. I vouch for him. Now, if I remember correctly, we yeah. made Tuberry because you took the watering can and poured water on some of your rations. The book says he sprung to life when some of my hero's blood splashed onto a patch of blueberries during combat. But sure, whatever you want to tell yourself. <laughs> is that what? <laughs> okay, is that what Tedward tells Haley? Yeah. Haley <laughs> just stares at Tedward. And the book kind of flips open to that chapter and points the quill at it. Like backing me up. Uh, no. Even Tuberry's nodding his head, like, yeah, that tracks. He. <laughs> Tuberry's no. pretty drunk. Also. No. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be trying to just like take care of Tuberry in his drunken state. Okay. Hold He's... back his hair. You're <laughs> like, oh, Hold back his, his leaves. Leaf? Hold back his little leaves. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're, you're basically sitting at the edge of the table and Tuberry want, keeps wandering to the edge drunkenly and you keep putting your hand up and he bumps it and turns around. Like you're just yep. stopping yep. him from falling off the table. We gotta support him, okay? He's a valued member of this team. Oh, I like the He's guy. He's a magical marvel. He's a magic marvel? Is that what you said? Magical marvel. Oh, marvel, yes. Both. <laughs> Both. Um... <laughs> What time is it now? Um, at this point, it's probably about 11 p.m.-ish. 11.30. Okay. Pretty um, late into the night. Well, tomorrow we got to go to that general store. They said that we have a secret meeting. They're going to arrange a secret meeting for us. 
to get a bag that holds things. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) A bag that holds things so we can keep all the money. Oh, by the way, we we turned in your bounty that you had. How many different kinds of bag do you think there are? (laughs) Well, apparently this town is against this type of bag. So we have to have a secret meeting. And then she's going to look around to see if anyone's listening. Um, during the midst of you guys messing with this, with Tuberry, the innkeeper is finished up with his um, bookkeeping and he went off to bed to leave you guys in the room. So it's just you, it's just the okay, group of you in here. Okay. Well, we should get some rest, even though you just woke up. <laughs> I'm going to pick up Tuberry. Oh. <laughs> and I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go up. Okay. And then kind of toss. We got to be up early. And then I'm gonna go to bed. Okay. With um, is there anything um the rest of you would like to do before we kind of fast forward here? Well, Haley is following Tuberry wherever he goes. Okay. <laughs> um, Internally, I know that as a hero, I need to get in a solid two hours of brooding on the roof, looking out over the city. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this a new chapter in the book that was rewrote uh, rewritten while you were out? Uh, it's gonna be a recurring chapter. That's like a character trait. Okay. You've gained a new character trait from your absence. All right. Um, how many would you guys get like rooms to share or just individual rooms? You you are the only people in this this inn. Um, so you can kind of pick and choose your call. I don't care. Alaya's <laughs> just gonna find a bed and then fall asleep. Yeah, like probably like two rooms with two yeah. people per per room. Yeah, that sounds fine. Okay. Um so I guess cause Haley wants to follow two berries some more. Mm-hmm. Um, Hele and Alea retire to one room, and you guys fall off to sleep with Tuberry just kind of wandering around on the floor, bumping into stuff. I've definitely made him a makeshift bed, and I put a little bit of water, <laughs> a little couple water droplets. And Haley's not going to sleep till Tuberry's asleep. Sleep. Yeah, I want to know what a hungover Tuberry is. Alea, roll me a nature check. Okay. Uh... Is it natural though? He is fruit. fruit is natural. The magic may not be. <laughs> Ugh. Um, it takes you a long time to coerce Tuberry to get up into this goofy little makeshift bed you've made for them. Um, but it happens, and eventually Tuberry just kind of nestles in and falls asleep. Every once in a while you hear. Because he's Aww. slurping from the little bit of water you put down. Um, and you all drift off to sleep with this the occasional campaign. slurping. I thought you were going to say those were like his weird little juicy snores. <laughs> oh my god. Cannon, Tuberry has a juicy snores. I thought he was going to say that Tuberry like a great was band. like sucking on her blood or something like that. Oh my god. Jesus. This campaign is just going to be us babysitting Tuberry. It is now. I had a, I had a thought just now. Mm-hmm. Tuberry might eat magic. <laughs> How do and I give him magic? With that thought, you you two drift off to sleep here. Thurbash, you eventually as well. After your prayers are finished, um, this the, the sweet smell of your incense lingers in the air, and you eventually find yourself to fall asleep. Tedward, how would you like to get up on the roof for your brooding? Well, I imagine there's no reason for most of these people to have roof access. What is this, like a thatched roof? Yep. Yeah, it's not like this is gonna be a maintenance hatch. I was born too early. Um, I'm just I'm gonna just go outside and kind of clamber up there, <laughs> all right, clumsily as it as I have to. You make your way out um, outside of the, the front of the inn, and you can see it'd be, it'd be pretty pretty simple to climb up. Roll me an athletics check. Oh boy, athletics or acrobatics? Um whatever actually i think what this would be athletics because it's just like straight up climbing yeah oh man i'm really good at that i would hope so as a barbarian it's like i rolled a seven a seven um you make it up there it takes you some time and you actually do get some pretty annoying splinters but there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to climb up this it's just a little troublesome um you fall down once as two guards are kind of walking by and they stop and watch you just fervently start to climb up the building again and the one just kind of shakes his head and they continue to walk. That doesn't, that doesn't concern them? <laughs> <laughs> to them, you look a little 
drunk. Um, All right, well. They... I like how offended you sounded. <laughs> Cards. I mean, it's just making me think more and more that this town needs a hero. The police force, <laughs> obviously, isn't worth very much. Oh, no. But you climb up onto the roof and sit down to brood. Um, are you? I don't sit. I stand. All right, you stand to brood. Um, you can feel the <laughs> the kind of cool wind coming off the lake at your back. Mm. Um, can you roll me? How long do you want to sit out here? You said two hours. So, I mean, I'm not. I'm not counting. I'm kind of on crime watch. Okay. Um, roll I me. Might a... fall asleep up here. It depends on if crime happens. Roll me a quick perception check. Oh, that's one of my weaknesses. I'll be right back. I want two berry to grow man-sized. You gotta hit him with that watering can again. Yeah, I was about to say, is the water you guys are feeding him now magic water? Not that I know of. We haven't actually dealt, we haven't done anything with two berries since his initial creation. Two berry needs to level up. Two berry needs gains. <laughs> Okay, I am back. What did you roll? I rolled a three. Um, Solid. So sitting on top of this, you on the, are standing on top of this roof. You don't seem to catch any crime or see anything strange. Um, it seems like it's a relatively quiet night. Not even anything I could construe as crime. When you start to look a little deeper, um, you like see a light flicker in a window and you're like, robbery. And then you see someone turn around a creature uh, like a street corner and you're like thief um can you roll me a wisdom save oh why do you think my my perception saves are so low my i rolled a two <laughs> <laughs> no more wisdom stuff man stop while you're standing here they don't call him conan the philosopher <laughs> <laughs> we do now you're killing me while you're standing here um, on the roof, looking off, you feel another wind at your back from the lake. And right behind you, just right at the back of your ear, you just hear, What the fuck? What do you do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn around and look at what the, the whispering is, obviously. <laughs> you, you do a quick spin, and off in the distance, or even right behind you, you don't see anything. You just see the water rippling on the wake on the lake, the reflections of the the rings just kind of warbling on the water surface. I'm listening intently. Roll me another perception check. Oh god. <laughs> oh god, I crit failed. <laughs> Yo, I'm getting a new dice rolling. What the hell? You you start scanning the edge of the lake, the lake itself. Um off in the distance you can see there's a little landmass um out in the middle of the lake. Um, and you don't see anything that immediately catches your eye, but you think for a brief moment, you see like a little orb of light just dance across the water and vanish. I need, I need a new subset of the athletics skill so I can do that instead of perception. We'll call it athletics and earthletics, depending <laughs> on whether I'm looking or listening. Like, I need to somehow leverage my physical superiority into these checks because I am not smart. <laughs> Ted word hit. Ted word not think. Why use lot word when few word do trick? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and I think that's a good spot to fade off the night. You spend some time out here still brooding and now a lot more alert than you were a moment ago, but nothing happens. I'm pretty sure this town is legit haunted. Haunted. Um, do you do anything else while you're out here? I'm going to spend the entire night until the sun comes up and I'm like, you know, like red eyed and exhausted, just staring and listening. Athletics and earthletics, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, rolling through the rest of the night, um, you don't catch anything strange. You're a little more paranoid, um, a lot more aware <laughs> You see, as the night goes on, you see less and less people and less and less guard patrols. And then um, over the horizon, you can see the sky is starting to turn like a purplish orange as the sun is rising. And tonight your watch has ended. It's quiet. Too quiet.
As the sun rises over a quiet, whispering lake, we see Tedward's form silhouetted against the rising sun on this cool morning. In the breeze, his small, childish cape is swaying dramatically in the wind behind him, and his muscles glistening in the early morning light. Weary-eyed from a vigilant night's watch, Tedward begins to climb down the exterior wall of the inn. Though, beneath his notice, like a sheep, waiting among a flock of its brethren, a figure stands in the darkness of a nearby alley, unnoticeable to a mere human eye. Underneath their arm, a stack of morning papers to be delivered to the citizens of this fine town. Today, they are a mail carrier, it seems. On a plane that Tedward's eyes could not dream of being able to see, we see a very different creature. In this world of black and white, where all concepts become constructs of spectral white light woven from the minds of those who sleep, a monster lurks. In this place, its form stands nearly a dozen feet tall, comprised of looming and writhing shadow, its form absorbing the light and thoughts that comprise the buildings around it. Retracting slowly across the street, we see finger-like tendrils of living shadow pulling away from our valiant Tedward as he stands proudly atop the inn. Another catch for the master of Whispering Lake. Hey everybody, thanks for sticking around, and I really hope you enjoyed the show so far. I'm excited to see what happens. Tedward is rolling so low. <laughs> oh, I wonder what would have happened if he actually rolled high. I guess we'll find out next time, huh? The songs we used this time were Anticipation, Garden Music, and This House by Kevin McLeod. Again, I hope you enjoyed the show. Spread the word, share the show, check us out on Twitter, you know the works. And have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you again on September 20th when our next episode launches. Stay safe and see you soon. Bye.